Pitchers and catchers have reported it's an exciting time of the year for people like Lavelle and myself who've covered Major League Baseball. I think it should be an exciting time of the year for Twins fans. Uh, I know there's always consternation about not spending money or not getting the big free agent. But I tell you what, when I look at this roster, position by position, I think they have a chance to be very good. Let's get into that here on Chin Music with Lavelle E. Neal III. Royce Mulley is on assignment for Talk North in a a very tropical uh, location. He's scouting for uh, podcast talent for us. We really believe in the drafting development philosophy here at TalkNorth.com. So today it's just myself, Lavelle, and our producer, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at TalkNorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. We also want to let you know that uh, one of our newer sponsors of the network, Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line, they sponsor the John Krasinski Show, our great Timberwolves show. And if you want to check out their stuff, and John wears their stuff, uh, you can use the promo code J-O-N-K-20, John K-20, and you'll get a big discount. Check it out. Uh, we highly recommend it. And now on to baseball, Lavelle, which, listen, there's so many variables in baseball. Nobody ever has any idea what's actually going to happen. But as they begin spring training, what's your gut feeling about this team? My feeling is that uh, they're going to repeat as division champions. Um, we've, we've spent a lot of time obsessing and sweating over the fact that the Twins let Sonny Graham, to, to an extent, Kenta Maeda leave um, as free agents and basically replace them with um, – a pitcher whose name I have trouble pronouncing, Scafini. Scafini, yes. <laughs> and, it, um, at least that's how I'm pronouncing it. I can't ever say I'm absolutely right, but th- that's what we're going to go with for right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, who projects as a number five pitcher and, uh, I mean, a fifth starter who's coming off of some elbow problems. So that's problematic a little bit because they don't have – I mean, starting pitching was the reason why the Twins were good last year. They were deep. Um, they pretty much had a healthy start rotation the entire season. And I, I think that was kind of like the backbone of this club, especially when the team was struggling to score runs at the in, during the first half of the season. Um, here's the thing, though, but every season, you know, is its own season. It's just because some things worked one year doesn't mean they're going to work the next year. Just because some things were broke uh, one year doesn't mean they're going to be broke again the next year. And I think the Twins are going to be a good team, but they're just going to succeed in a different way. Last year, when um, they relied on more pitching and defense and functional hitting to uh, be successful, this year I think the offense could be really, really good um, because we have Royce Lewis and Matt, Matt Walner and Eduardo Julian who all arrived during the season and who all made impacts uh, on that offense. Plus. I don't think Carlos Correa could hit any worse than he did last year. And uh, he started swinging a bat in November this year to prepare for this season, uh, to get the, the the old feeling back in his hands and his arms. And he believes he went into camp believing that he had found that old feeling. It didn't help that he played with a uh, plantar fasciitis in his foot, but he is going to camp healthy and with a swing that he's comfortable with. Also, um, although I'm a little nervous just because of how casually they are stating this, but apparently Buck By- uh, Byron Buxton is going to play center field this year after a terrible 2023 year in which um, a bulky knee kept him from playing in the outfield, limited him to DH, and um, 
he proved that he's not a, a, only a DH. He's got to be in the outfield impacting games, and I think that affected his offense. Uh, apparently, this last knee surgery he had uh, cleaned up a lot of issues he had going on in that knee, and he's healthy, and he's going to play in the center field. And so now if you have a rebounding Correa, a healthy Buxton mixed in with a lineup in which you've had you got um, kids with upside in Lewis and Walner and Eduard Julian, you're, you looks like you're going to have a pretty good offense. To even when you don't have Jorge Polanco around, um, but I think um, you're going to have you have other players in town in, in that lineup who can carry the weight. I also failed to mention catcher Ryan Jeffers, um, who became I think the best um, position player in terms of WAR last year mm-hmm. um, in a bounce back year in, in a year in which he was slated to share the position with Christian Vasquez, but now they're, during the postseason uh, he started every game. So. You got a Jeffers hitting his prime. You got a healthy Buxton. You've got a, a Correa who you, you can't fall down. We already on the floor, so he's going to get off the floor this year. Plus, kids in that lineup. Um, I think they're going to do it offensively. The, uh, uh, now I need to wrap up here because I'm talking too long. But uh, the bullpen also should be a force um, because they've assembled a nice fleet of arms behind Juwan Duran. So I'm liking a lot uh, about this team going into this season. You and I are thinking alike. Uh, I think that, you know, there are four major components to a big league baseball team, starting pitching, bullpen, lineup, and fielding. And I think you're going to take a half step back in starting pitching. I think the bullpen is going to be maybe the strength of the team. The bullpen could be phenomenal. It could be the best bullpen in Twins history. Um, Fielding, I think, will be good again. Uh, Michael Taylor did a very good job in center field last year. Buxton's even better if he can play out there. That is an upgrade immediately. Um, they probably, you know, trade off with Julian. Julian actually is a better hitter than Polanco right now uh, and not quite as reliable a fielder. If he just plays the position, uh, that's an upgrade. If he goes uh, in the Corey Koski plan, he could be a better defensive player right. this year. Right. And I've heard rumors that he kind of is doing that. Um, you know, the Canadian, I need to learn how to play an infield position. So I have my bat can be in the lineup uh, program. Uh, and <laughs> if he does, if he's just a functional second baseman, there's something. And that's the thing, Lavelle, is that I look at this lineup and I, could, I think they could be better offensively this year, position by position in almost every spot. Uh, right field, I'm not going to make predictions. You never know. Kepler could be great. He could be terrible. We have no idea. Every other position, they're going to have a player, either a young player with upside who didn't get a lot of at-bats last year, or a veteran who was hurt who, if they're healthy this year, will make a huge difference. And let's face it, if Royce Lewis, Correa, and Buxton are in the and Carlos Santana are in the lineup, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they start punishing left-handed pitching. That's a very good point. Uh, and I, I'm intrigued to see how this Carlos Santana-Alex Kirilov uh, – combo at first base is going to work out Um, because Santana does wear out lefties and teams like to turn him around and bat left hand (laughs) against right handers uh, because uh, his numbers are totally different. So you can see where Kerloff plays against righties and I would imagine Santana would play against lefties, but I think he'd also DH too. So it's not like he's going to be restricted, restricted the first base work. I think he's going to carry the load a little bit at, at DH as well. So, um, it is. Um, it's going to be encouraging to see how this works. And you're right; they've struggled against lefties. I mean, that was one of their problems last year. 
And uh, that could totally turn around this year. No doubt about it. And last year, they got a, a massive boost when uh, Lewis, Walner, and Julian came up and really revitalized the lineup. Um, and they have the potential for Brooks Levy and that kind of a guy this year, and he could fill in a number of different positions if needed. Yes, he can. He definitely can, man. Um, they got flexibility, and it's it's interesting. I'm very interested to see how this the rest of the roster is going to shake out um, because the, since they didn't bring back Michael Taylor, um, they really don't have – a bona fide backup to Buxton, but if they, there is one possibility in the rookie Austin Martin, mm-hmm. which would be really surprising. I mean, it would be surprising if you bring a rookie up to, to, in a, in a non-starting role. But um, the Twins are really fired up about how he could play center field, and we knew going into the season that they were going to pair back the the uh, the pair a little bit, and of course that's a cheaper option. So. Is he ready to hit in the majors? I'm not sure. But you have all this going on, though. You've got um, uh, your two best hitters weren't their best last year, and they could return to that this year. you got young kids who made an impact uh, last year, and you've got rookies in Brooks Lee and Austin Martin, you know, who could impact things, you know, and maybe a pitcher like David Festa. So um, you got established guys, you got emerging guys, you got new guys. So it's a lot, a lot to like about this, uh, this roster. Or potential roster, I think so. And I know they didn't spend much money this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if they loosen up the the coffers at the trade deadline, uh, middle of the summer, if they need if they need specific kind of help or if they think uh, a starting pitcher can help them in the postseason. So, you know, absolutely. And absolutely, the Twins uh, have also Twins have also added players in spring training the last few years. So I don't think it's anything's over yet. That's right, Derek Falvey. He, this is like his time of year, and he. he he has said this before, you know, at this point of preseason, um, he's just trying to buy extra wins. And so that's his approach to looking for uh, free agents who can come in and maybe they're, they have a, they feel a specific role, uh, like a Donovan Solano, you know, who ended up being a functional guy. Uh, he, was, for he, he was one of their best clutch hitters second half last year too. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, um, that's, uh, this is what, uh, Falvey likes doing and you know the last few years on the beat man I could not uh go home or leave the ballpark without wondering if they're going to come up with a transaction I still remember sitting in um in the cigar bar <laughs> when they when they added Jake traded uh Jermaine Palacios for Jake Odorizzi they had to drop everything and speaking of that Jim there's a rumor that they might bring Odorizzi back this year and uh, as depth uh for the rotation hmm Interesting. I, I've, honestly, I will be honest. I have lost track of, of Odorizzi. What kind of shape is he in? Can he, do you think that's even a good idea? Um, I'm for it because he's not. He won't be required to be a key member of the rotation. It, he'll have to. Um, he'll have to agree to uh, maybe simmer at St. Paul for a while until, the, until they need him. Um, and plus, I just know if Sclafani's going to be. I, I just got doubt. I, I, that that one concerns me. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, Jake was six and six with two teams last year with a four, four ERA. He was named to the all-star team the year he pitched for the twins, but didn't go because of injury. So he knows this area knows a lot of people in the organization. It would be a, it would be a cool reunion. I think he'd be functional and be a guy. Yeah. If he wants to be this year's, you know, Dallas Keiko, I think that'd be great. You know, yeah, so no, I think no. he could work. 
Yeah, he certainly didn't burn any bridges on the way out. I think everybody liked him and respected the way he went about things. So, uh, yeah, he would be – that'd be a – that's probably what they're going to do at the end of the rotation. They're probably going to just try to have enough depth that on the fifth day out there, they can beat you six to four or something and have the bullpen pitch most of the innings, which leads me to my next uh, topic. I want to get deep into the bullpen here with LaBelle. First, though, we want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. So I want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Scott for Aquarius, wishing you a happy new year. The new year often means a fresh start. How about your furnace? Does it need a fresh start? It's been working hard, and we all know there's a lot of winter left to go. With your safety and comfort as our top priority, Aquarius Home Services is offering $98 off any furnace repair. Be worry-free with your furnace. We're here to help and just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. Also, once again, check out Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops clothing line. Use the promo code JohnK20, J-O-N-K-20. You'll get a big discount on uh, some stuff that John Krasinski loves to wear. I see people wearing courtside at the Timberwolves games all the time. It's kind of the next cool thing. Get in in and out with the promo code JohnK20. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. All right, so I look at this bullpen, and I see the potential for – I mean. I almost feel like the bullpen could be so strong that when you get to the fourth or fifth spot in the rotation, all you really want is five innings from the starter because you want to bring the bullpen guys. I, no doubt, man. Um, they were effective last year. I think they could be even better this year. Um, you and I, you know, big Brock Stewart uh, believers uh, yep. after seeing that live arm uh, debut last year. If he could stay healthy for a whole season, he's going to put up some some good numbers. Or, hey, Akala is back. And I believe he touched 98 when he uh, returned late in the season. I also know that he was crushed, absolutely devastated that he did not make the uh, the postseason roster. So I I, I bet you he's going to come into this year with a lot of determination, you know, to to prove that you know he could be relied on over the course of the season and be in a position to pitch in some uh, playoff games. And he got some other pieces too, you know, Caleb Thielbar, really effective left-hander. Um, you got some other pieces there. Uh, they, they, you know, and these non-roster invites, you can't ignore that too, because some of these guys could, could step up and end up being um, uh, key components, man. I know they bring Giovanni Moran's coming back as a non-roster I, um, invite. Uh, Jordan Valenzovic, who debuted last year. Uh, Matt Bowman is another guy who may have a pretty nice uh, arm. So there's going to be uh, some options here for Rocco late in games. Yeah, I I did a piece recently where I mentioned what the bullpen could look like, and I didn't even mention people like Belazovic and uh, and Winder and Moran. Um, you know, I mean those those guys were like key bullpen pieces not that long ago, and right now they they I don't, it's gonna be hard for them to even come close to making the team. Now, of course, not everybody's gonna stay healthy, not everybody's gonna be effective. But yeah, Winder's already stoic. hit hurt. Yeah, but they just have so many options and so many guys with dynamite stuff. I mean, Duran, Stewart, Jax, um, which leads to this. It's going to be tempting because of their situation for them to have Barlin start games. I think he could make a much bigger impact as a dominant late-game reliever. He might end up being their setup guy. I agree. Uh, I agree. When I I, I – I saw Rocco's eye sparkle after the yep. season was over when he talked about Varland and how his stuff ticked upward 
coming out of the bullpen. And I think that's an option, but I would start, I would start him as a, I would begin the season with him as a starter. I'd stretch him out at the beginning and then uh, see how uh, the season progresses. If I need, if I would need him to go into the bullpen, then you can make that switch then. Cause it's harder to go the other way around um, starting a year as a reliever than maybe need him for the rotation. So, but yeah, I think he's going to be a pivotal figure for this pitcher staff, either as a starter or, or, or a reliever, but man, I think he was hitting like 98, 99 as a reliever, man. It was, it stuff was nasty. Now, Louie likes to start. Um, he's made it be known that uh, starting pitchers make a lot, nice chunk of change. And I, he approached the season uh, as if he was going to start. He went and worked on two pitches. I think he came back with a, uh, a, a slider and a sinker to add to his repertoire. So he's trying to, uh, to do all he can to um, remain in that rotation. So, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch transpire, not just for spring training, but uh, as the season progresses. I can see with this many quality relievers of Varland's in your bullpen, if you ever needed a spot start, you could have Varland pitch two or three innings up the top and finish it out with a bullpen day and bring up a fresh reliever from, from St. Paul the next day. I mean, there, there's so many – having a strong, deep bullpen opens up so many possibilities. I know you know some people still have the – the old school mentality, your starting pitchers got to get in the seventh or eighth inning. He yeah. doesn't anymore. Just doesn't anymore. No, you're right. And the other thing too, when you know your bullpen's good, that affects the entire clubhouse. There's nothing more demoralizing for a clubhouse than to watch their bullpen blow leads uh, yep. time and time again. So uh, going into the season with that type of confidence that if we just come up with four runs today, we're going to get it done. Um, you know, that, that affects everybody, man. So um and I think they, I think they're gonna have other options too. There's gonna be guys at St. Paul who who are gonna be called up and who are good and are going to um, be uh, be effective. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this list and, list now. You know, um, I think there's good stuff about Ronnie Henriquez. I've heard Ryan Jensen. Um, I'm uh, just curious to see how all this is gonna play out uh, in spring training. So, what sleepers are you gonna be keeping an eye on? Not, you know, we know who the starters are at all the positions uh, in terms of people who could win a bench job or young players who could end up making an impact sometime this season uh, behind Brooks Lee. Who are you looking at? Nah. Um, Austin Martin. Are they really going to break the season uh, break camp with him as a reserve outfielder to back up Buxton? Um, also my man who was a twins draft pick who nearly was released in double a survived that. Um, Ended up uh, learning how to play a bunch of different positions. Ended up signing with Detroit and being productive there for a few years. He is back with the organization, Nico Goodrum. Can Nico figure out a way to, to climb into this roster? It's going to be tough. Um, but uh, I'm not going to count him out because he's a survivor. And then speaking of survivors, one guy that we don't talk about who used to be in the rotation, who is back in spring training, I believe he's finally healthy after dealing with like wrists or thumb issues. Randy Dobnak, <laughs> who, who they signed to a multi-year contract. Remember, I think it's maybe last year in a multi-year deal he signed. Um, he's in camp, too, and he could be part of that rotation depth or be needed, you know, during the season. So I want to see how he's throwing the ball because there are times where, I mean, you know, Randy is not overpowering, but um, and he didn't mind going after hitters. He put over, he was a pitch-to-contact guy. Um, and there's one thing to pitch-to-contact. There's another thing to pitch-to-explosion. I think he's lived both lives. So I want to see where his pitching is at to see if he can um, be a part of this mix during the season. 
Dobnik. Well, you know, they're going to need somebody like Dobnik at some point to help fill in at the bottom of the rotation, especially Varland's in the bullpen, which is the way to yep. go. I mean, yep, just, yep. I mean, Varland, that's the thing about Varland is, uh, yes, I know his mentality is starting pitchers make more than relievers, but you know what? Great relievers make more than mediocre starting pitchers. Um, that's right. In this day and age, the only problem is the Twins don't pay great relievers. <laughs> they, but he would he would make money someplace. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. But I, I tell you what, though, they're gonna have, have a decision with uh, Juan Duran. They're gonna. I don't want to see him leave. I think they're gonna have to. You know, I think they'll the have to pay him. I, I think they've. And I, yeah, I, I think I think they really are proud of having traded for him, having developed him. Uh, worked with him. I think the fact that he's a guy that everybody likes and respects and is a big part of the clubhouse, the fact that he anchors your bullpen, uh, it's a lot easier to go out and find a seventh or eighth inning person than it is to find a real true dominant closer. I, I think he's a guy they'll pay. I agree, I agree too. I mean, he's a, first of all, he's a stud. Uh, so you don't want to, you don't want to uh, break ties with him or watch him leave. Um there's nothing like, you know, knowing that the game is over when the guy comes out of the bullpen. And I know he had some hiccups there in like July and August, but I always thought when he came to the game, the game was over. I think he got trouble in trouble sometimes not throwing first pitch fastballs, trying to be cute and and got in trouble that way. Or was it the other way around? Yeah. No. Yeah. He would get caught trying to throw that breaking ball first pitch and, and opponents would whack it. Um, but man. Uh, he's got a long, successful career in front of him, man, and it'd be great to see if he to see it in a Twins uniform for most of that for most of that run. So, yeah, so you got yeah after the sixth inning, man, this team looks like it could slam, slam the door. Seventh, eighth, ninth, good night, Irene. You know, Griffin Jackson is a pretty solid reliever. He's not very he's not overpowering, but you know when you probably could try him out as a seventh inning guy, uh, that says a lot about your bullpen. <laughs> oh, I mean. Good Lord, with with if Varland's back there, and you have Stewart, and you have uh, Jax, and you have Thielbar, I mean, you know, somebody's gonna somebody really good would end up pitching the sixth inning if your starter only went fifth. I mean, and you talked about effect on of a bullpen on a clubhouse. There, yes, there's the negative effect. It's soul crushing for a team to give up lead after lead after lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the flip side is. What a sense of confidence a team brings into a game, knowing if they have a lead in the fifth inning, they're they're almost certainly going to certainly going to win it. Yeah, exactly, man. And um, and, and opponents it plays in the minds of the opponents too. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, this this bullpen's badass, you know. Puts a lot when of pressure Royals, on when the Royals were going to the World Series when they went to back to back World Series, is because they had that kick ass bullpen, and uh, games were over if they left after six because they had a seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, and a ninth inning guy. And um, they uh, they uh, did the um, and it was it would pretty much uh, be over when they were le- when they were leading games and they end up winning the World Series that way. So um, it definitely uh, when you have a, a really strong bullpen, it definitely affects the entire roster. Let's get a final thought from Lavelle. Roy should be back next week. We'll get the threesome back together once again. Uh, thanks for listening. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at talknorth.com. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. I recommend checking out Dawn of Sports, Don Mitchell's new show with us. Jim Cott was her fir- one of her first guests. Uh, we do a little bit of baseball. We do a lot of women's sports. Um, and, we, and she has fantastic guests on. Check that show out as well. And we do appreciate you listening. All right, Lavelle, your final thought on anything you like. 
Here's my final thought. You're part of this too. Um, uh oh. Uh oh. One of the one of the annual one of the annual rights of the off season is trying to find spring training housing. Um, and for years we had it good because we stayed across from the Twin Spring Training Complex. Um, and then when that went haywire, we kind of moved around a little bit. There was mostly good. There was a couple of bad years in there. Um, and now I'm mad because uh, now that I'm off the beat, somehow uh, Phil Miller and Bobby Nightingale have scored the one place I've always wanted to stay at, <laughs> which is right down the street from the ballpark. So I'm going down on March 4th for about eight days. So I can't wait to, to see how apparently the place they have is spacious. It's comfortable. Um, and they love it. It's uh, Heritage Palms. It's where actually Joe Myra bought his first condo after he signed with the Twins. Um, so oh, I, um, went, I went to that condo when I did a story on Joe's for, during his first camp. I know where that is. Yeah, it's right down Six Mile Cypress. Yep. And so um, I'm hoping to see lots of Twins fans down in Florida because they usually make the trek uh, down there. And it should be a fun spring training, especially when you know, you're right down the street from the ballpark. Uh, Pot Sports Cafe it will benefit from the Star Tribune being closer to their establishment as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, my eight days. It's not the 46 days I used to have as a beat writer, but I'll take the eight days over none. <laughs> Good. Well, we look forward to you telling us what's going on, uh, your, your bird's eye view of camp. It's going to be an interesting, fun camp, fun season. We appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com, and we'll be back next week.